everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shred's Takes. Uh, it's episode 15. I'm lucky to be joined by three members of the Amherst men's soccer team to talk some soccer today. Uh, Sean Dubé, Bernie White, and Nico Canary. Guys, welcome. What's up, Mike? Thanks for having us. What's up, Mike? So I guess we'll just get right into it. And, um, you know, obviously soccer has started up and it's really exciting for a lot of soccer fans. Uh, Real Madrid just played today. Um, and, you know, there's obviously some Premier League games going on next week, too, between Manchester City and Arsenal. Um, but the first thing I wanted to get into, because uh, I think this is obviously a question I've seen on ESPN stuff, but who do you guys believe is the, the best soccer player uh, ever? Or, all like, who's the GOAT? Is it, is it Ronaldo? Is it Messi? Is it someone else? Uh, floor is yours. Uh, I'm going to say Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, I think he was unbelievable in the Premier League. Um, and then his move to Real Madrid, like the amount of Champions League he's won in like such a short, short amount of time, like just shows how good he is. Like all the records he's broken, the amount of goals he scored. Um, I think he is a leader and definitely is one of the best players in the world. And I, a lot of people look up to him. Um, I can see a lot of people saying Lionel Messi. I mean, he's got great footwork and everything, but I don't know. Ronaldo, just to me, he's the best just because of the way he, like, goes by himself. Messi seems like a quiet person. And Ronaldo, like, he says he's the best. Like, I'm going to go with him. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with Dubé, and I'm going to – I have to go with Messi. Um, personally, I just think, like, I think Ronaldo is a great athlete, and I think, like, he's – Super hard worker, but I think if you're talking about, like, the best player ever, it should be, like, a natural talent. And I think Messi just, like, he just has, like, a natural ability that Ronaldo doesn't have. And, you, yeah, you could say that, like, moving around has helped Ronaldo and his career to be maybe considered, like, more successful. But, like, you look at the amount of Ballon d'Ors Messi has, like, just the continued success he's had with Barca. And I think that staying with one club your whole career makes you even more of a legend. So I have to go with Messi. I, uh... I agree with Bernie here that Messi is, to me, he's the greatest player of all time with, as he mentioned, being a one-club man and also with his personal achievements. I think especially when you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, a lot of his his achievements are with his best, his teams, uh, looking at the Champions League he's won, the league titles he's won, um, and many of the, the goals scored, for example, and stuff like that. Messi is almost equally as good with the goals and stuff. And I think that he, when you look at a player, you look at the individual. You're not necessarily looking at the players around him. And a big thing with Ronaldo, I mean, he moved to, he was playing for one of the best teams in England. And then he was playing for one of the best teams in the world with Real Madrid. So I think the, the aspect that Messi has that he stayed with Barcelona his whole career um, to I mean, obviously, they've been the best team in the world before and have not been the best team in the world, and he still managed to maintain a level of uh, personal success that is unfounded. Um, and I think it's that's what makes him more expensive than personally than Ronaldo. One thing I might just interject with is um, something I've seen for people who advocate Ronaldo is the fact that he's won in multiple countries, saying like how Messi hasn't done that. And maybe it goes back to the argument that he's been on different teams. But 
I mean, doesn't that also play a huge role into why a guy is also great is if he can go to different places and win? I mean, obviously Messi hasn't had that chance, right? But like, if you look at like the national team success, you know, Ronaldo's won a Euro League um, or Euro Championship at least, and Messi hasn't won. Even Messi's been great with Barcelona. I mean, I I don't know if you guys think that's like as important to the argument, but I think that's like something that at least I found interesting when I'm looking at the argument. Um. No, I don't think – I think that – I think that, like, in soccer at least, I don't know how it is, is in other sports so much, but in soccer, like, it's a, it's like a, a prestigious thing to be, a, like, to play at one club for your whole career. Like, some of the great – like, some of the greatest players, like Gerard, for example, he was with Liverpool his whole career. Um, and I think, like – I think that Messi – I think that if anything like that adds to Messi's legacy rather than – like I think, like it's great that Ronaldo's won in different countries, but I don't think that I don't think that that has to play into the the argument. I think the success that Ronaldo had with um, Portugal is like I think Messi. Obviously, Messi hasn't like won a big a big like title with the national team, but he he still has like played super well, scored a lot of goals, and he's carried like he took them to a World Cup final, which isn't nothing. Like Ronaldo did get. Portugal to the final of the Euros, but they finished third in their group, and he didn't even play in the most important part of the final. Like, it wasn't him who won it for his country. Like, I think it's not like Ronaldo's won World Cups with Portugal. So, I think, I still think Messi, I still think Messi's above him. Right, but if you, okay, if you think about the Euro, like, I guess, like, some of the two biggest teams, like, are not, or countries that are not being represented in the Euros, Argentina, Brazil, um, I'm not sure, but I feel like the most successful teams are European countries. And yes, Ronaldo didn't play in the final because he was injured. But remember the position they were all like they were all, they almost did not make it to the knockout stages. Exactly, they, and in, in he, most tournaments they wouldn't have made did, it through. Right, but he they did score third. crucial goals. But. It, it, because of Ronaldo is the reason why they were able to make the knockout stages because he scored crucial goals yeah, against Hungary. He scored insane for goals them to be able Spain. to, yeah. The Spain and, game was crazy. But also, okay, you also, Nico also mentioned Ballon d'Or. Like, Ronaldo's won maybe one less Ballon d'Or than Messi. Right. And um, yes, Messi did win the four straight Ballon d'Ors. And you also did talk about the people that uh, Ronaldo played with, like he's okay. He played best club in England at the time, and Real Madrid, of course. And he's surrounded by great players. But Messi's been he's playing with Barcelona. He's played with some of the best players ever, the best strikers yeah. ever, like like the best wingers, best. David Villa, David Villa, David Villa is not like like not the goal. Ronaldo was with Prime Rooney. Like I'd take right, Prime but Rooney what I'm saying Villa. is like, dude, like look at the midfield that Messi had. Chavi and Iniesta, the yeah. two probably the two the best midfielders of all time. That's the same argument with both Real Madrid and with uh, right. So, with but you can't you can't put that against Ronaldo because Messi's also played with. No, but I'm not. It's not necessarily putting it against Ronaldo. I'm saying you can't add it to with the the point of him moving to different clubs because he hasn't. It's not. It's not something that can be can play to Ronaldo. Because he's still playing, it's not like he's going to like a mid-level team and then bringing them to the top. Um, 
So, right, but it's not like Barcelona was. He's not. It's not like Messi was the one reason that Barcelona is Barcelona because that's you can't. That's not you can't attribute one player to the entire existence of a team. You have to attribute the entire team to being the greatest, like the greatest team ever, the greatest team in their in their league. So that that kind of like applying that to um, Messi just being just like the the fact that he stayed with this club and the loyalty he's had throughout it, and he's he stayed and he stayed despite them only I mean he's been there for four he's only played in really the three uh three um European championships they've had and they've won the league many many times I think it was eight of of the past 11 so they I think he has had the option to leave many times he's almost left there have been rumors of him leaving every year and every year he chooses to stay and I think that speaks to more of a, a a person that I mean, it's loyalty, but also he's he's not focused on just making a brand out of himself. I think that's a big thing that Ronaldo is driven with, and I think that's respectable. But I think with it's been more focused on the team and focused on the improvement and development of players within that. So he's focused. You on, saw Ronaldo. Ronaldo became the first billionaire footballer. Yeah, exactly. He's he's been. So he's, he's obviously been, he's about the money. Best, best player he's in the world. Money. He's about Rich, the money. Richest, richest player and best player in the world. Richest does not mean best. Does not does not correlate, but I know, I know, I know. But I with know. um, but what no, you I said, agree, I agree with Nico, uh, with Messi. Well, well, I don't think we'll ever come to an agreement on this one. No, I think this one we're gonna have to agree to disagree. It's an argument yeah. that you. It's it's very like you have to look at it from different perspectives, and if you're looking at it from statistics, there's always gonna be counters. If you look at it on pure style of play, there's also counters with that because if you want efficiency. People will say Ronaldo, but if you want beauty and you want and you want perfection of in all elements of, of football, you will get you will get Messi every time because he's just it's just so fluid. But so it's always it's just a different it's a different route of the argument each time. You can look at the different aspects of, of the players and you'll always get something different. But um, yeah. it's it's a good argument to have. I mean, it's it's always interesting. Some people value certain things. Like people will always put the argument about he's won five European championships. And I'm like, yes, but that's not an individual performance. I mean, even when, um, I mean, you look at the one in 2018 when neither one of them won the, the Ballon d'Or and it was Luka Modric because he, he incorporated so much to Croatia being in the final of the World Cup. I mean, it's just, it's so... It's only about that player. It's not about the team, in this argument, at least. Yeah, at least, yeah. like, when I, like, again, like, obviously I play basketball, and, like, the debate everyone has in basketball, right, is LeBron versus Jordan, right? And yeah. there's, like, this argument's a little different than that because when people always make, like, the like the Jordan-LeBron debate, they uh, they look at the teams, too, as well mm-hmm. as, like, the like they don't look only at the personal success, right? Like, a lot of people who, like, I'm saying, like, who are pro-LeBron, say like well look where he's taking his team to and like everything like that like because they're like he's taking like a, you know a team that's always been undermanned and you know like gotten them to like that like kind of championship even though he hasn't won as much and I guess like like you can kind of relate that even though I would probably equate like Messi more with Jordan because I personally think Jordan's the goat in basketball it's just kind of like like that like that's like how I think of like you guys are saying at least like the personal success is probably like more important in soccer than like the teams. Uh-huh. And like, I guess like in basketball, it's like different because a lot of people look at more the 
like the, how the player leads the team, but like they're not necessarily what all they achieve, but you know, I mean, yeah. you know, cause like sometimes there are guys who have won more championships who have like not as good statistics as some other guys who are like are, are great players. And that's like, that's just a different thing. I think that soccer at least brings um, something I was going to also talk about too is, Obviously, I don't know if you guys have looked into ESPN, but there's like this been like this whole like all these rumors about Sancho moving to Liverpool or moving to Manchester City or staying with Dortmund. Um, basically, like what I was thinking about with that is like if he went to a Premier League team like Manchester City or Liverpool or he just stayed with Dortmund. Obviously, he's done he's had a great success in Dortmund uh, in the past, like this past year. He's been really well. Um, but I was thinking like you know if he was able to get to a Premier League team and let's say he went to like a Manchester City how much would that elevate that team? Because obviously Liverpool right now is the best team in the Premier League. Like how much would that elevate them? Or do you not, are you guys just not see that happening at all? First of all, I think, I think he will leave Dortmund because I think if, I think you look at, I think he'll leave Dortmund in the next two transfer windows because Dortmund in the past has been like a, like a selling club. So like they'll, they'll take young players, get exposure, like put them on a platform because Dortmund's a really quality like team. And so if a good player can like shine for Dortmund, their price tag goes way up and Dortmund sells them on, makes a bunch of profit. And like, that's how they've been able to keep their club going at a high level. So I think Sancho is one of the players that they'll get rid of because while he's like crazy good, I think they, they like, they have always found replacements that they can then bring in and like make good profit off of. And to like get to your point, I think if, if Sancho, I think if Sancho went to Liverpool, it probably wouldn't be the best move for him because I don't think, he would be a starter over Bane or Salah right now. And I think if you're Sancho and you're going to make a big money move, you're looking to go to a club like where you're guaranteed to start. So I think the places he would be looking to go maybe is like – maybe City. I think he could probably get into City side. Like Chelsea probably. Um, Arsenal definitely. The, the big one. They I, don't, I don't think he'll go to Arsenal. No, I think – United, United I as well. Think so. I think he'll get into United. He get into United. That would be huge for United. I think. I yeah. think about. I think, think you put Sancho in United, and he go, they go to a top four team. Yes. I think. But also, I don't know if, I don't know if Sancho going to Liverpool or City would be would make sense because City have, like yeah, tons of people in his position right now, and they're like Bernie said, like Mane and Salah, like those guys are like their their spots are guaranteed, and I don't think that Sancho would be a, a regular starter. So yeah, definitely like a move to Man U where they're definitely looking to rebuild and they need new wingers because I'm not sure how far Daniel or how far uh, Man U will go with Daniel James or you know like they could use they they could use, <laughs> they could use an extra um, an extra player definitely a star player um, and yeah if I mean if if uh, Sancho could go to Arsenal and if they somehow pulled that off that would be an amazing move. I'm an Arsenal fan, and I hope it happens. But I don't see it happening because of the current state our club's in. But uh, yeah, Sancho will will probably move. Uh, I think within a year. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where he goes. I'm excited to see. Yeah, I uh, I agree with both of them that it's not likely that he'll go to the top two. But I think. As we've seen in the past with Manchester United and a lot of the players they've bought, um, many of them have not done well. Uh, if you look at like Angel Di Maria or Lukaku, um, I'm blanking right now, but there's there's more. Falcao, yeah, Falcao, where they 
they've performed, but not at all to the level they were expected to. And um, obviously Sancho is still young. And so he's got a lot of time, but a big thing is that still like it's seen that Manchester United kind of uh, not ruins players, but doesn't especially help them as uh, as personal uh, as players. And so I think, um, it would be it would be interesting to see what would happen once he got to Manchester United because he he's still I mean he's still young obviously and he he's a Euro, he's an English player so he knows the English side and he knows how to play he probably knows how to play in the Premier League but it would take I think his his effect on the development of Manchester United and the rebuild I don't see it being the catalyst for success i think it's it'll be a step in a good in the right direction um but i i just don't i mean watching the guy he's he's a great player great winger um an ideal winger i mean you can take on anyone one v one and create a ton of space for players but i think he is simply just a winger i don't see him playing you don't see I mean, like, when you see the best wingers in the world, you see them playing almost two ways, mainly, obviously, offensively, but they'll, they'll drop in defensively and press as much as they can and try and get involved in the play as much as possible. And I think one thing I've noticed with Sancho is he's, he, he tends to just ask for the ball on the side and take guys one-on-one and play. So I think, um, I think wherever he'll go outside of Liverpool and Manchester City, he will be good and start. But I don't see him being the – like, for example, with uh, Arsenal, they thought Nicola Pepe was, like, the guy that was going to change Arsenal's being. And obviously he's a really good player, but I don't see him being, again, the catalyst and being the guy, the, the huge direction changer. And I think Sancho will help, but there's, there's more to go for those teams. You also got to remember, though, that these guys, like Sancho and Pepe, like, they're young. Like, they I know, I know. That's, that's also a good thing. So we we don't know exactly. This is just speculation, obviously. But, yeah. Um, you never know. You never know. Yeah, like one thing at least I read was that like yeah, the, the the issue that people like teams in the Premier League are having with 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 Sancho uh, is going back to your point, Nico, is that he's not too, as much two ways, right? So like the problem is they're thinking like you know he's a big boost in the offensive end because he's young, he's fast, he's got a lot of great skill, he can create a lot of space for different players. But the issue that it comes to is. Well, number one, that, it, you know, is he going to be willing to adopt to a system where they don't necessarily only want him playing offense? Mm-hmm. Um, and two, again, Dortmund is also like, you know, even though they, you know, will probably get rid of him in the end. Like right now, they're still like, we still want him because he's our guy in a sense. Um, and the issue is like, you know, like some Premier League teams that are the lower end of the league could, you know, definitely benefit from him um, just because – a guy who's like that talented and can score, uh, you know, only is a boost to your offensive side. But granted, he's not like he's not really a great boost to your defensive side at all. But you know, just at least having that kind of talent. Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting just because, like, you know, like at least when I was reading soccer, like it's most of the articles I'm reading are about him or like Premier League games going on or like you know La Liga games going on. So it's just it's, yeah. it's interesting to see at least like what he could bring to yeah. maybe a little run because like they're talking about Manchester City and Liverpool. And, like, I'm with you guys, too. I just think that, like, yeah, there's, there's too much talent on those teams that it wouldn't be ideal for them. But. A, big th- a big thing also with um, this, like, the, the hype around this kid is that 
there's a social media is playing a massive factor in all of this because for a while the Bundesliga, the German league was the only league playing or the only big league playing. Um, and that was being followed. So you would see, you'd get the most, he would get the most exposure for a period of time and he's still kind of getting a lot of exposure. And I think, um, that has played a huge factor in everything because there's still many young talents in throughout the world that are just not getting that kind of exposure, especially on a top side like Dortmund in Germany. Um, and I think, I feel like German, I mean, Dortmund has always been like one of the best teams in, I, I guess like the second best team in Germany. And so I think if, um, if he were to stay, he would it like, it wouldn't make them the best side. And it clearly, like, they've, they've come close. I, I don't think they're going to win the league this year, but they've come very close to it. And with, in, the Bunda, in, uh, in the Champions League, obviously, they, they got knocked out by PSG. And I think that, that just speaks to his, the, the, like the, I guess, the boundaries of his effect. And so I think he's, it's, there's a certain limit to, the, to how much he'll really change a team. So Nico, to your, to your point also, I think that um, the thing about social media, like playing a role is definitely true because I think for, if you're Dortmund, like there's no better time to sell Sancho because the yeah. Bundesliga players have been getting so hyped, like overhyped the last few weeks has been the only soccer on. And like, I saw these tweets, like after one, after the first game Dortmund played, they played really well. They won like 5-0 against Schalke. Mm-hmm. And people were saying like, Hakimi is the best right back in the world. Like, like people were saying Brandt yeah. is like, yeah. the ne- Brandt is like the next, like, like the next bird camp or something and it's just like people get so like like right now the market for the Bundesliga players to other leagues is so like overpriced I think like I think you could yeah. sell Sancho for like some ridiculous amount like you could probably sell him right now for like 150 million which is just so much more than he should be going for yeah. so I think yeah I think right now is the perfect time for him to go so I was gonna say quickly, I'm at six percent, so uh, you might see me cut up pretty soon. Okay. So just a heads up. All good. No problem. I think the last thing I wanted to bring up, um, you know, uh, like I, I think that there's a topic at least when I read some articles, like who is the best club team within Europe, because um, there are a lot of good options, uh, such as Liverpool, Bayern Munich, um, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. Um, you could put maybe some other teams in there too, but like those are the four I think of when I think of best clubs. Um, like I'll go first, at least with my pick. My personally is Barcelona just because of the tradition that they've built. Also the talent they still have with like Anesta and other players such in like Messi and all of them. Um, and I think that there's just, at least for them, like they've consistently always been really good and they're still really good now. Um, I, I guess my thing is more when I look at them, um, I guess I'm not as current with my opinion, but I guess like I look at what they've built and what they're still doing. And that plays a huge role for me. Um, Cause you could say like Liverpool is like the best team currently right now. Right. You could definitely say that because what they've done recently has been like, especially like, you know, being the best team in the premier league is huge. But like, I guess when I look at uh, them, like the Barcelona, I just look at like what they're still doing now. And then like what they've accomplished also in the past and like the players they've, brought in and the things they've done um i don't know you I mean you guys can take the floor who you guys think but well, like, i think i, I, I think can i just I go think, real I quick think, yeah you do it you go you go Burn, sorry i was gonna say it's good bro so i mike i i agree with you 
I think Barcelona is one of the best club teams in uh, Europe. I also think Real Madrid could easily be up there with uh, Barcelona. And I know, I know, Bertie and and uh, Nico are going to say Liverpool, and I can see that because they have won six European titles. They have been a, historically a very good club, but. If you compare, I think if you compare the trophy cabinet of Barcelona and Real Madrid to to uh, to Liverpool, I think I think there's more of an argument that those two teams are better than than Liverpool um, historically. Because you got to think about the success that these teams have each season, like where they are in their own leagues um, each year. I think Liverpool has had a period of struggle uh, kind of recently. And there's, I mean, you don't see, you don't see Madrid and Barcelona playing in the Europa League. And of, <laughs> I'm just going like, to say like, kind of like, kind of like, if you Arsenal want to consider right the best club in Europe, numbers. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Arsenal is like that right Bars now. I'm saying Barcelona, Barcelona and Real Madrid, they don't, they do not play in the Europa League. They only play Champions League and they're constantly in the top three of their league every year. So, okay, yeah. That's okay, why I yeah. would not put Liverpool in this argument. The, the um, thing I would say, it. I would say to your question, Mike, which is what's the best team in Europe right now? It's easily Liverpool. If you, because during like this whole quarantine like time, I've been like looking at the, like all the leagues around Europe to like see what the tables look like for when the leagues are coming back. And if you look at, if you look at the top five leagues in Europe, there's only two, two leagues where the, First place team is blowing the rest of the competition out. Liverpool in the Prem and PSG in France. And f- so the French league is a farmers league. The French league is the bottom half clubs are basically farmers. And then Germany, like the other three, Germany, Italy, and Spain are close, like really good title races. Liverpool, people say the Prem all the time is the best league in the world. So if you're telling me that like the team that is blowing the Premier League out of the water has to be the best team in Europe. Like, it's not a – I don't even think it's a question. Because – and I know Liverpool – Liverpool had a stupid result against Atletico in the, in the Champions League and got knocked out. But, I mean, they won it last year, six European Cup. Like, that's crazy. Like, um, not many not many clubs have six, six European Cups. Like, Real Madrid has a lot, but I don't think Real Madrid is at nearly the level they have been in the past this season. So, I think to your question, like, what's the best team right now? Liverpool. So, I'd agree with you, Bern, in that, like, as a team and then their quality of side and everything, um, currently Liverpool would be the best team in Europe. But if we're doing it by, like, who's going to win the, the Champions League, obviously Liverpool's out. So, that kind of takes, like, in the sense of the Champions League, that takes them out of the conversation. And if, I'm, if we're looking at it for that, I'd – Personally, I believe Barcelona. Um, uh, and actually, I've started to come to appreciate a bit more PSG, but obviously it's very hard with their league, like just how awful the French league is. Um, but I guess to speak to Barcelona, it would I think just watching that side um, over the past like three years, um, or since, the, since they won it in 2015, They've been – they were even, like, considered one of the best sides, even when Real Madrid was winning it from 16, 2017, 2018. Um, 
and they were just it was it's a tournament so obviously it comes down to one or two games and those games you can you can have a bad game and it is what it is and same thing shown with Liverpool with um bad it was a rough first game and then the second game was insane and just the most random result I've ever seen but it is what it is and obviously you can't um you can't disregard Liverpool as being the best team currently in Europe but I think when it comes to the Champions League and being the like the the trophy holders of the best team in Europe I'd say um I think Barcelona I think just I, agree. The quality, I agree with that I watching agree watching them play and watching the, the development of their players and who they've brought in. And um, I mean, f- from back to front, they have, if like, if, if you look at Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, their goalie, second best goalie in the world easily, if not the first, like it comes right between him and Allison. And then you look at their back line. They have a, a solid, Jordi Alba is probably in his last couple of years and he's still, he's still producing quality play and they're back. And, um, with Gerard Piquet also in the last couple of years. And uh, Clement Langley, who's, who's a quality center back, he's making his way up in the ranks. And then Samedo or Sergio Roberto. And you have Frankie de Jong in the middle. You have Arturo Vidal. You have um, uh, Sergio Busquets. Like many quality players in that middle, midfield. And then you have their front three is always. You have Griezmann, Suarez, Messi. You have Ansu Fati. Guzman. Usman Dembele, like there's just the quality that comes from all that. I think, and and I mean, looking at Dembele, he came from Dortmund. Like this guy's, this guy's a young talent. Had one year in Dortmund, did amazingly. Went to went to Barcelona, and every time yep. he's been playing, he's been playing really well. Sancho's uh, the next Dembele. Could be. I think. Except that wouldn't be ideal because he'd just get hurt a lot. That's um, true. but I th- I think just watching Barcelona, I think they're obviously not at their best. As if you compare them to like the 2008 2009 team, that team was, I think, the best team ever. Um, as far as what they did, and also, or maybe the 2015 Barcelona team, but that's that's just like my personal thing with Messi and everything. But, um, I, I'd say, I'd say Barcelona, PSG, watching them play also is I've actually originally watching them play over the past couple of years, they've had always like really good players because they have all the money. But now it's actually quality play watching them play through the middle. From back to front, they have quality players. And um, the big thing was their midfield and their defense. Obviously, they, they kind of had this system where, like, we can, we can give up goals because we're going to score more goals. But um, when you saw – I mean, when you watched the Champions League, the last two games they played against Dortmund, they – like, the first game, it was just – Erling Holland being Erling Holland and scoring goals, and then in the second game it was much more implemented of their style of play imposed on Dortmund, and Dortmund could do nothing about it. And um, I think Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, Cavani, Icardi, um, Di Maria, and then the midfielder Vidrissa Gay and um, and uh, Verratti, like they're just it's clicking now. And I think if at their best. And Barcelona at their best would be an insane game to watch. So it wouldn't I, – I couldn't tell you from those two, but at my top two right there of, of like likely – I guess likely winners in Europe would be those two teams. So uh, I guess I, I have two questions from that. So one, uh, why isn't Bayern Munich in that uh, category? Like why – because like some people do consider them like a, like a really great team, and they are. But like I was saying, like, 
what I guess like is since for like a person that maybe doesn't understand soccer as well, what separates a team like Barcelona and Liverpool currently from a team like Bayern Munich? Why are those teams better than those than Bayern Munich? Because everyone's like, oh, Bayern Munich's a great program too. I'm just I'm just spitballing there. Um, Bayern, I think Bayern currently is actually like really clicking well. I think like ever since coming back from the break with Bundesliga, they've been showing that they are like I think that they are in the conversation now one of the best teams in Europe because obviously Lewandowski, Alfonso Davies is becoming like one of the best defenders in the world. He'll probably end up being a winger. They've got an insane midfield, insane goalie, insane back line. Like just a re- like Bayern is, is really quality. I think the last couple of years they've kind of been disappointing though. Obviously they lost to Liverpool in the Champions League last year um, in their run. Um, I think they, they, haven't, they haven't really had that much like success in Europe in the last like five years um and that i think that at the end of the day that's that's how you judged if you're one of these like mega clubs and i think liverpool like i i don't think like we would be having this conversation of the best team in europe if liverpool didn't win like the the their european title last year because like winning the champions league is such a big deal for the soccer world like champions league winner is like like you should like the parade that they had it was crazy like yeah it's like I would compare. It's like winning the. It was like if the, if you like won the, NBA title, but, like it was like there was a bunch of good leagues from around the world, and it it would be crazy. Um, it's nothing like the Champions so, League. Like, I'm an NBA yeah, fan. No, Champions Champions League is nuts. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like, like it's that. by far the be, by far the best soccer to watch. Like if you're if you're just a neutral, like and you just want to watch some soccer, Champions League games are always, like, the best. Yeah, and I guess my second question is um, with the Premier League, who's like a dark horse team that you could see like really emerging? Uh, like obviously like now since it's starting up again, um, post like COVID and stuff, like, you know, who do you think that could be? Um, you know, I have, I have a few in mind. Um, like, I mean, obviously Man City's up there, but I mean, I think that, you know, uh, I've read some things about how some people think that, um, you know, like Chelsea or, or Man U or Arsenal could be e- interesting teams. I'm not saying they're going to compete with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. L- L- Liverpool is clearly the best team in the league. I'm saying like teams who could be a challenge for that like top three spot in the league uh, with along with Liverpool. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other teams that you're thinking of. Well, a big, a big uh, theme in the Premier League is parity. Um, a lot of, you'll have like, even in the top, 10 teams between the top four and the top 10, like those, a lot of those teams will end up um, beating the t- like the top four teams. And so you'll see like, even with Wolves or Sheffield United, um, you'll see teams like that just performing a- against the top four easily or not even easily, just very well and looking like a top four side. Um, but I'd say of the, I guess the big six and Currently, of the big six, like the underperforming teams are Chelsea, Man United, and Arsenal. Um, I think I still think Arsenal have a way to go. Um, I think it's it's hard to gauge with um, with Arsenal because they like those players, the players they have, if they perform at the level that they're expected to, they're a quality side. They're, there's no doubt about that, but. They just haven't. There's something. There's something psychologically going wrong, either with the coaching, the management, the the chemistry with the players. Um, you could see it with Manchester United over the past couple of years. There was just a lack of fluidity in the play. There was guys arguing on the field in the middle of 
all these fans are just, they don't even, they, they were just so, it was not even a selfish attitude. They just, they were focused on things that were not, they were, were like just on themselves. And when um, a big thing of like, you'll look at these teams is that like the better teams. And I mean, even like referencing like the last dance, you look at Michael Jordan, what he did was he looked outside of himself and he said, we, to be the best team, we need to be the best team. It can't be just the best player. So with that, I think you see Chelsea now. Um, you said Chelsea, and I, I actually have noticed Chelsea. I've come to appreciate that they, with Frank Lampard in management, he's, he's, been a, he's one of their, he's their legendary player, and he, um, he has a lot of passion, and he started to bring, to bring up a lot of young players and a lot of young talent and um, applying that into their system. And I think with that, I think that is the, like, the most um, evident dark horse of the teams. Um, I am um, just watching them. I think he's, he's, he's applying the psychological aspect of just team work and team togetherness that, um, that it was hard to see with Arsenal and Manchester United. Um, I think Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he's, he's tried. Um, he's, he's, he loves Manchester United. There's no doubt about that with what he's been able to do as a player but he just isn't the manager they need. And I don't see him staying much longer. Um, so I think for me, it's Chelsea going to kind of push their way back up into the, the top four. Um, another team that kind of goes, is very appreciated by Premier League watchers is, um, but not really outside of that, is Wolves. Um, I love Wolves. I love to watch them play. Um, they're, their, their manager is a Portuguese guy, so a lot of their players, um, their goalie, um, a few of their, I think one or two of their back line, uh, their midfield, and one of their strikers are Portuguese players. And, um, and even like in their development program, a lot of guys are in the Portuguese uh, programs and then move over to Wolves. And so there's, there's a bit of unity with that. And along with that, they have a lot of young talent that they'll apply. And but just especially just watching them play, um, that's a very fluid game, and they have um, they have one of the best long shot guys in the game, uh, Ruben Neves, with just hitting absolute bombs all the time. And then you got um, an absolute muscle man with Adama Traore, and he's so fast. Um, it's just hard to to leave them out of the conversation when in the past. Last year, they were beating Premier League, the top four te- top six teams, um, and still were sitting in the eighth or seventh position um, and are now getting to play in Europe, have been playing in Europe. Um, and just like where they've come from and where they're at now, I think they can keep progressing. I think there's a lot of way to go for them. Um, I think a big thing for teams also is just money, having it. Um, you look at the top, the biggest teams now in Europe, and they're all they're all pretty affluent. Um, and you look at the most quality sides, some of the most quality sides that have existed. Some haven't had the mess, the most money, but they've they've then create. That's like come from, or I guess like they then got all their money. It's kind of like um, it just it just works that way. Um, you know, you get you get more exposure. Um, so I think my two would be Chelsea and Wolves. Um, For me, I think. Would you said dark horses, right, Mike? Yeah, I would say three. Um, three come to mind for dark horses, like over the last couple of years in the Prem, and that's Leicester, 
Wolves and Sheffield. And I think Nico already talked about Wolves, but Leicester's Leicester's like punched way above their like yeah. Leicester's in second right now, I think. Yeah. Or no, Leicester's in third right now. And they've managed to like put together some crazy seasons. They have a Premier League title, which is crazy. Um, like they just have been amazing and like what they've been able to do. Like their their club owner also died, which is like tragic, but they've been able to like kind of fight through that. And then, so Leicester's one of them for me. And then Sheffield, like, their coach, Chris Wilder, is, like, a, like a madman, but he, like, knows exactly what he's doing. And he's, like, he's been, I think, like, he's been, like, such a good a good coach for them. And he's, like, he's making them perform way above what people expected. They have, like, a really good, young, promising team. And I think, like, most of their players are from the UK. And so, like, a lot of, a lot of like, English people have been, like, following them because – I think they had the first ever in like the first time in 30 years, they had an all, all British or Scottish 11 or something, um, which is pretty cool. And um, because a lot of Premier League teams have like just been bringing in foreign players for like the last 20, 30 years. So um, now those are like the dark horses. I think, Le- I think Sheffield could push for a European spot this year with Wolves as well. And I think Leicester can easily finish third, which would be crazy for them. So yeah. that's mine. That's my yeah. take. No, I mean, I, the, I've, you know, I, I actually uh, did, forgot to mention Wolves and uh, Leicester in that. Um, I guess when I was thinking about the Dark Horse teams. Um, yeah, but I mean, like the, the Premier League is like, I guess like the one thing I take away from it is just the, the, <laughs> the level of passion those fans have for soccer, but also the level of talent. I mean, yeah, you have like other great leagues, don't get me wrong, but whenever I watch the Premier League, I'm just blown away by the, like the, the underdogs that sometimes emerge and also just the, the passion of the fans for even like bad teams too. Like it's just, well, everyone in the prem is a crazy player. Like, Oh yeah, of course. Get into the prem. Like every team has the ability to beat every team on the, any day. Yeah. Parody. It's not like the MLS, no offense to MLS, but it's not like the MLS. No, MLS is, is not great right now. Garbage. Yeah. All right. Well, I think on that note, uh, I think this would be a good time to call it a close, but you know, fellas, thanks again for being on. Yeah. And, you know. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Definitely do this again. <laughs> yeah, right. looking forward to that.